about some of the doors that you knock on and some of the doors that God opens for you and some of the doors that God closes for you. And I thought we can't do a series called Knock Knock without having a message entitled Knock Knock Knocking on Heaven's Door. Come on, right? And so that's the title of today's message. And we're going to talk about prayer. So everybody say prayer. Prayer. We're talking about knocking on heaven's door. And prayer is an interesting subject, really, if you think about it. Because I think that we all, deep down inside, we know that prayer is important. How many would raise your hand and say, I know prayer is important, right? We know that it's important. We know that we probably should do it. If you're a churchgoer, you know, you know that probably that it works and that you believe that it's effective and that when you pray that God hears your prayer. And we, we know all of this stuff. We talk about it. We preach sermons about it. We read books about it and sing songs about it. We think about it. The problem is we just don't do it, you know? We don't pray really like we should. Oh, we we say we will pray, right? Like on Facebook when someone's going through something and you put on there with the little hands emoji, oh, praying. Come on, you know who you are, right? But how often do we actually really follow through on that? And the truth of the matter is if you really get down to the bottom line, prayer is hard. Isn't it? How many have experienced this before? Like, I'll just be honest. I'm, I'm the pastor. I should have this prayer thing down. You know, I mean, it's kind of part of my job. It's part of what I should do. But I'll just be real transparent and honest that it's hard for me. There are days, in fact, there are a lot of days where I try to pray, but I just don't feel like it. And I struggle. And maybe some of you, maybe some of you can relate to that. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You know you're supposed to pray. And so you kind of start to spend time with God. And you, you go in to pray. And you kneel down. And you start praying. You pray everything you can think of, man. You've prayed for aunts and uncles and mom and dad and baby sister and all the missionaries in Africa. And you've prayed everything. And then you look up and you've been praying for 45 seconds. Anybody ever been there before? Right? And you're like, oh my goodness. Or, or maybe maybe we have some of these ADD prayers. Do we have any ADD prayers in the house? I'm one of those that, man, you know i got to get focused and i got to pray and i got to spend some time with God. But as soon as you start praying, how many knows everything else comes into your mind and you're like, oh dear Lord. And then all of a sudden you're going, man, my stomach's kind of growling and I'm kind of hungry and wonder what's for lunch. And I wonder what so-and-so said on Facebook. And I wonder, hey, did I leave the milk out and not put it back in the refrigerator and all these things that come to your mind to distract you when you're trying to pray. Some of you maybe even maybe even you've prayed and, and you haven't seen the answers to the prayer come the way that you wanted them to come or as quickly as you wanted them to come. And maybe some of you, you pray and you pray and you pray and you pray and it just seems like nothing is happening and maybe you've prayed for your marriage and you just believed God to do incredible things in your marriage but you wind up getting a divorce. Or maybe maybe you prayed for a loved one that has cancer and you just prayed and you believed God was going to heal them. But then tragically, they didn't get healed. Or you pray and you pray and you pray for that loved one that doesn't know the Lord. But it seems like the more you pray for them, the further away they get from God. And it just seems like, man, does this prayer thing even work? And sometimes we even kind of just feel like kind of giving up on prayer. And I want to talk about this for a little bit this morning. I want to talk about... 
a specific kind of prayer. It's a kind of prayer that I used to hear about growing up in church. If you grew up in church, you might recognize this terminology that in, in, in the church I grew up in, they used to call it praying through. Anybody ever heard of praying through, brother? I'm telling you, you just need to pray through, right? And, and the truth is, it's kind of old school terminology, but I think there's something powerful about that. Something powerful about deciding that, hey, I'm going to seek God and I'm going to pray until I find the answer to the situation. Until I, until I find God breakthrough in my life, I'm not going to give up. This is what we see in this passage that we're going to look at a little bit this morning. If you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and turn with me to the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 18. We're going to talk about a guy named Elijah. So everybody say, Elijah. 1 Kings 18, you can follow along in your, in your LifeGate app today. In fact, let me just tell you, if you haven't done the update on your app, do that because it will fix the notes problems that we've been having. And let's look at it together in 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 41. It says, And Elijah said to Ahab, Go and eat and drink, for there is a sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel. He bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked, but there was nothing there. And he said, and seven times Elijah said, go back. And the seventh time the servant reported, I see a cloud as small as a man's hand rising uh, from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. And meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind arose and a heavy rain started falling and Ahab rode off to Jezreel and the power of the Lord came upon Elijah and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Now, let me just give you a little background on this passage that we just read. Elijah lived in a time where it had not rained in Israel for three and a half years. Now, you've got to understand how desperate of a situation this would have been. Because the Israelites in that day, their main industry was agriculture. That's how they fed their family. That's how they took care of themselves. So, if you can imagine, if farming is your main source of food, and it Suddenly doesn't rain for three and a half years. Imagine how desperate this must have felt, right? I mean, think about it. You, your crops are dying, which then means that the animals start to die. Maybe you've even known some, some friends and family that are dying of starvation because there's, there's no rain. I mean, to put it in perspective, just think of it in modern day times. Imagine that you didn't get a paycheck for three and a half years. How many would say you'd be pretty desperate? Now, put it in even greater, in even greater perspective. Imagine that it wasn't just you that didn't get a paycheck for three and a half years. Imagine it was the whole country that didn't get a paycheck for three and a half years. How many would say that's a desperate situation? And this is where Elijah and the Israelites found themselves in a, in the midst of a desperate situation for three and a half years. It had not rained. And when you find yourself in a desperate situation, so many times that's when we call upon 
God. And that's exactly what Elijah did. Elijah decided, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask God to bring rain. Now, if you know anything about Elijah, you know that Elijah had a reputation for praying. And when he prayed, God answered his prayers. And many times it would even be like an immediate answer. You might remember the story how they were on Mount Carmel and God prayed for fire to come down from heaven. And immediately fire just comes down from heaven. So I can imagine that Elijah's probably thinking, well, I'm going to pray. And when I pray, then boom, all of a sudden God's going to bring this rain and it's going to be awesome. But that's not exactly what happens. Instead, he prays and he sends his servant to go out and look. And the servant comes back and says, there ain't nothing. So he prays again, a second time, and a third time, and a fourth time, and a fifth time. Seven times. Everybody say seven times. Seven times Elijah buries his head between his legs and he prays his guts out. He prays through till there is a breakthrough. Some of you are here today and maybe you've got some desperate circumstances. Maybe you find yourself in a place where you desperately need God to rain down his favor in your life. Maybe some of you are here today and maybe your marriage is falling apart and you desperately need God to do something. Some of you maybe are here and it's a financial thing or maybe it's a health thing or maybe you have a child that is rebelling and you don't know how to reach them and you're struggling and, and things it seems like you pray and nothing is happening and maybe you're even here today and you feel like giving up but here's the message that I believe God wants you to hear today do not give up in fact this is what Jesus was talking about in Matthew chapter 7 verse number 7 look what it says he says keep on asking everybody say keep on keep on asking And you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Here's the deal is that God wants to hear your prayer. God wants to meet you at the moment and at the point of your need. But the problem is sometimes his timing is not what our timing is. Sometimes we give up way too soon. And Jesus says, pray and keep on praying. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. And when you knock and keep on knocking, eventually in my way and in my time, that door will be open for you. I want to talk about this kind of prayer today. I want to talk about praying through. I want to talk about being persistent in our prayer, being persistent in our belief. And I want you to just see from this story with Elijah, I just want you to see three things that happen when we pray these kind of persistent prayers. If you're taking notes, you might want to write these down. The first one is this, is that persistent prayer will allow us to hear what others don't hear. In fact, look at the passage in verse number 41. Look what it says. It says, And Elijah said to Ahab, Go and eat and drink, for there is, look at those words, the sound, the sound of a heavy rain. Now think about this. They hadn't heard rain in three and a half years. They'd probably forgotten what rain even sounded like. In fact, as we read this right here, Elijah is saying, hey, I hear the sound of a rain and it's not even raining yet. It's almost as if he is speaking by words of faith. But let me tell you something, that's what happens when we pray like Elijah prayed. We begin to hear things, and if you're taking notes, you might write this down. When you pray these kind of pray-through type prayers, here's what happens. It allows you to begin to not just hear in the natural, but it allows you to hear in the spirits. So here's the thing, is that God wants to talk to you. 
He wants to show you things. Some of you may be in situations in your life right now. You come in and you go, I don't know. Just like we were talking about last week. I don't know which door that I need to walk through. I don't know what I need to do about my, about my family member. I don't know what I need to do about my kid that I'm having trouble with. I don't know what I need to do about do I take this job or do I take that job or what do I do. And you desperately need some direction and you need some wisdom. And you need some guidance for your life. And here's what I want you to know is that God wants to guide you. He wants to give you the wisdom that you need in the decisions that you face. But that guidance only comes when we spend time in his presence. See, when we have prayed like Elijah prayed, here's what happens. We begin to hear things, in not just in the natural, but we begin to hear things in the spirits. In fact, this is what Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse number 9. Look what he says. He said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has in store for those who love him. Now, if you just stop that passage right there, that can be like one of the most frustrating passages in the whole Bible. Because it's like, okay... I know God has great stuff for me, but man, I can't see it, and I can't hear it, and I can't understand it. Anybody ever been there before? It's like, I know, God, that you want to direct me, but I can't see where you're leading me. I can't hear what you're saying. My mind can't understand, and that can be incredibly frustrating until... You read the next verse. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But, everybody say buts. But God has revealed it to them. How? By his spirit. Here's the deal. There are things out there that God has for you. Things that you can't see and you can't hear and you can't understand in the natural. It's only by the Spirit. And that's why, that's why we pray these kind of prayers. That's why we pray and we don't give up. That's why we pray through. Because when we pray these types of prayers, here's what happens. God begins to open our ears to begin to hear things in the supernatural. To begin to hear things that His Spirit is saying to us to give us wisdom and to give us direction for our life. In fact, the Scripture says, says it uh, like this in the, in, the book of, uh, in the book of Jeremiah. It says, if you will call upon me, I will show you unsearchable things, answers that you did not know. Some of you are here today and you got some stuff that you just like, I don't know what to do. And God wants to show you what to do, but it only happens by his spirit speaking into your life. Here's what happens when we pray And we pray hard. When we pray through, we begin to hear things that no one else hears. Number two, write this one down. Persistent prayer will allow us to see what no one else sees. Look look at our passage again in verse number 43. Look what it says. It says, Elijah said, go and look. Everybody say, look. Go and look towards the sea. He told his servant and he went up and he looked and said, there is nothing there. Seven times Elijah said, go back. And the seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. Now just put yourself in this servant's shoes for just a minute, all right? It hasn't rained in three and a half years. Elijah goes, hey, I'm going to fix that. We're going to pray and it's going to rain. So Elijah prays and then he tells, us, he tells the servant, hey, go out and look. And his servant goes out and he's like, hey, I'm looking, but I ain't seeing nothing. I ain't seen nothing in three and a half years, you know? I mean, I don't see nothing. So he comes back. 
back to Elijah and goes, I don't see nothing. Elijah goes, all right, I'm going to pray again. And then he prays again. And he goes, now go out and look. The second time he goes out and looks, I don't see nothing. Elijah don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what's going on. But he comes back, I don't see nothing. Three times, four times, five times, six times, seven times. And finally, after the seventh time, he goes out. And maybe he's even just trying to kind of appease Elijah. He's just like, I see something. But it's a little bitty thing. I mean, it's just a little cloud the size of a man's hand. It, it ain't nothing really even worth worrying about. And Elijah goes, hey, there's going to be great rain. Now, how many ever been there before? Like, you're praying, all right? And you're believing God to do something in your life. And you're, you're believing God for a financial miracle. And you pray, and you look, and nothing happens, right? And you pray again, and nothing happens. You pray, you go check the bank account, right? You get online, check it, nothing happens. Anybody ever been there before, right? And you pray, and you pray, and you pray, and you pray. And it just seems like nothing, nothing happens. And, and here's, here's the deal. When we, when we pray like this, here's what happens, is that God begins to open our eyes to see things, not just in the natural realm, but to see things in the spiritual realm. And when we pray, we see things that nobody else would see because we start actually looking for them. In fact, you know, it's been about, oh, eight or ten months ago, uh, my wife told me, she said, hey, babe, we need to talk about something. And how many know, guys, when your wife says that, that could be uh, good or not so good, right? And so she's like, we need to talk about something. I said, okay, what? And she said, well, um, I think, you know, I don't know, but I think that I might be pregnant. <laughs> I'm going, okay, you know, I mean, that's a, that was kind of outside of the radar for me because I have a 13-year-old and an 11-year-old, and I'm going, okay. But, but here's what happened. Once the kind of the shock of that worn off and we knew, okay, we're having a baby, and especially after we found out that we were having a baby boy, I mean, suddenly, all of a sudden, I begin to see baby stuff everywhere. You know how that works? I mean, like, I'm seeing, I'm seeing people pushing strollers, and we're going to Target, and I'm seeing you know, people buying stuff, and especially after I found out it was going to be a little boy, I'm seeing little boys everywhere, and dads with their little boys, and it wasn't like there was all of a sudden this great baby boom, and everybody had babies. No, no, no. They were there all the time. I just didn't see them because I wasn't looking. And here's the deal. For some of you, God is working in your life and he has been working the whole time. You just don't see it because you hadn't been looking. And when you begin to pray like this kind of prayers, here's what happens. It begins to activate something in your mind and something in your spirit that you begin to see God's hand moving. And it may not even be big stuff. It might be like clouds the size of a man's hand. But when you are praying in in this way like Elijah did, here's what happens. Even the smallest stuff begins to build your faith for even greater things. You don't see it because you aren't looking. Maybe there are opportunities that God wants to open up to you that you wouldn't even see if you hadn't been praying, that your eyes would not even been look, would not even look for if you hadn't been spending that time in his presence. Come on, I'm preaching good stuff. Here's what happens. When we pray these persistent prayers, we hear things that nobody else is hearing. We see things that nobody else is seeing, but this is, this is my favorite part. I love this one. Write this one down. When we pray these kind of persistent prayers, here's what it does. It allows us to do things that others can't do. Now, I love this. this. This is incredible. Look at this in 1 Kings 18 and verse 46. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds and the wind rose and heavy rain started falling. And Ahab rode off to Jezreel. 
And the power of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he tucked his cloak under his belt, and he ran out ahead of Elijah all the way to Jezreel. Now, check this out. I mean, think about this, all right? Ahab gets in his chariot that is pulled by what? Horses, right? And he's going, I mean, how many know horses can run faster than men, right? And he gets in his horse, or gets in his chariot, and the horse is pulling the chariot all the way to Jezreel. Now, if you study this a little bit, some scholars will say that from the place where Elijah was praying to to Jezreel was actually about a 25-mile journey. Incredible. And here's what the Bible says, that 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 Ahab gets in the chariot and goes to Jezreel, and that Elijah just pulls up his skirt and starts running. Yeah, I said skirt. That's what it was. And starts running, and he outruns on a 25-mile trek. He outruns a chariot being pulled by horses. How in the world does something like that happen? Well, it says how it happens right here, verse 46, that the power of the Lord came upon Elijah. I'm telling you something here today. When you pray this kind of prayer, it's not just I'll just pray once, you know, now lay me down to sleep. No, when you pray this kind of desperate prayers, when you begin to pray through not once, not twice, not three times, seven times, 700 times if it has to. Here's what happens. Here's that the presence of God and the power of God begins to flow through you. And sometimes the prayer is not just the miracle that God does as a result of the prayer. It's the miracle that God does inside of you. It's the the power and the strength and the encouragement that he puts inside of you from spending time in his presence. I love the way Isaiah said it in one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible, Isaiah 40 and verse 28. He says, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired and weary and his understanding no one can fathom for he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, one translation says those who wait on the Lord. One translation says those who trust in the Lord. I think we could say those who pray through, those who spend time connecting to the Lord, those who pray and don't give up when we put our hope and our and our faith and our trust and when we wait upon the Lord here's what happens he will what he will renew their strength they will soar on wings like eagles they will run and not grow weary they will walk and not be faint when we spend that time in God's presence he puts his power in our lives the power to be able to overcome whatever comes in front of us so here's the question question is this are you willing are you ready to pray hard? Some of you are praying today, and, and maybe you've even come into this room and you feel like giving up. You feel like, well, man, you know, I just don't know if my marriage is going to make it. I just don't know. Maybe I've been praying, and I just don't know if my, if my loved one is going to be healed. And I've prayed and not seen God come through before. And maybe you even walk into this room feeling down and feeling discouraged. And here's the question. Are you willing to pray until you see the breakthrough? You know, it reminds me of the story of the Israelites. You might remember their story. God had promised them the promised land. He told them there's a land flowing with milk and honey. Incredible promise for them. But the promise didn't exactly come easy. We know they had to, they had to leave slavery where they were in Egypt. And they went into the wilderness. And for 40 years, they wandered around in the wilderness struggling. I imagine there were times when they felt like, 
man, I just want to give up. Maybe the promise is not going to happen. Maybe God's not going to come, come through in the way that I wanted him to come through. After 40 years in the wilderness, they finally get to the place where it's time to go into the promised land. But there's a problem. There's a river between them and the promise that God has given them. That river is flowing. And as you can imagine, I mean, it wasn't just like it was two or three people that had to get across the river. They couldn't swim. They didn't have, they didn't have a bridge or a boat big enough. There were thousands of people that needed to get across that river. What would they do? It seemed like a desperate and an impossible situation. But God said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take the Ark of the Covenant, which represents my presence, And I want you to take it. I want you to step out into the water. We know the story. They stepped out into the water. The water arose and piled up on both sides. And the Bible says that they walked across on dry land. Incredible story. And I think a lot of times in our mind, we kind of get this picture of they took the ark and they step in the water. And as soon as they step into the water, that the water just begins to part and they walk across. And maybe that's the way that it happened, but maybe it's not. In fact, if you really study that, that passage a little bit more you will see that it says that the waters began to pile up in a city named Adam many of the many of the commentators say that the area where they stepped into the water was probably about 19 miles away from the city of Adam so that city where the water was piling up was 19 miles away and the water of the Jordan River flows at about five miles an hour so if you just do a little bit of math you could see that it's very possible that they could have stepped into that water and stood there for somewhere around four hours before they ever even saw anything happening. Can you imagine that? The Jordan River known as a muddy, dirty, nasty river. And God says, step in the river and I'm going to do a miracle. And they step in the river and they stand there carrying this big old heavy ark, standing with mud all in their toes and all over them and standing there for Four hours before they ever even see anything happening. Some of you, maybe that's exactly where you're at today. Maybe, maybe you've stepped out in faith. Maybe you're believing God to do some great things in some areas of your life. Maybe you need God to do the miraculous. Maybe you come in today and you are in a desperate situation and you desperately need God to show up and do something. And maybe you're stepping out in faith and maybe you're standing there on the promise, but you're not seeing anything. And you prayed once and you didn't see nothing. And you prayed twice and you don't see nothing. And three times and four times and five Five times, hey, think about it. What if Elijah would have given up on prayer six? Some of you, you're at prayer six and you just feel like giving up. But I'm telling you, it might be prayer seven. It might be hour three. It might be 59 minutes into hour three. It might be a few moments away from God showing up and parting the water so that you can walk across on dry land. It might be just a moment from the, from the abundance of rain that God wants to bring. But if you give up too soon, you miss out on the miracle that God wants to bring in your life. Here's the message. The message is this. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't lose heart and don't give faith. The scripture says it like this in Galatians 6 and verse 9. It says, let us not grow weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Some of you are here today and you're growing weary. You're tired and your strength is gone. You're standing in the middle of the water and there's muddy water all around you and you're holding a heavy ark and it's 
burdening you down and you got your head between your knees and you're praying and you're believing God and you're uncomfortable and it's hard and you're not seeing anything happening but here's the question are you going to be one that will pray through will you be one who will stand in the river even when nothing is happening trusting that God will come through on his promise will you be one who will ask and keep on asking seek and keep on seeking knock and keep on knocking until the door is open will you pray even if it takes three four five six seven seven hundred times will you be one who will say I'll be like Jacob who took a hold of God and said I will not let go until you bless me maybe some of you would be the people that would say I'm going to hold on to God God's promise and I will not let go. I will pray until I have prayed through. I will believe until the breakthrough comes. In my life.